Good evening. Today is Tuesday, January 31st, 2023, the last day of February, or last day of January before we start February. So uh, tonight we're doing our little uh, Worst Sports Memory Show. So I hope everybody has packed in their memories. we got a special guest tonight. We'll introduce him later. So let's talk about it. Welcome to the Couchcasters podcast. I'm your host, Jeff. This is Scott, Parker, Cameron, and Murph. We're here this week to talk about our worst sports memories. But before we get going, I want to introduce our special guest. Um, a lot of you on Twitter, Instagram know him, uh, especially if you're a BAM like we are. If you're a Roll Tide loving BAMs like we are, you've come across him on Twitter, on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, we're going to welcome in our good buddy. Just met him, but he's already a good buddy because he went and got him a bourbon. So uh, welcome to the show, Cruz Oxenrider. What's hey up, guys. Cruz? Hi. Thank you for sir. joining us, brother. Oh, like, please. Uh, Pleasure's all mine. A little backstory. Uh, during this coaching carousel and our hatred of Pete Golding, uh, I threw Cruz a, a random DM one day just with some info, like when Charles Kelly took the new job, I sent him a message that was just like, hey, man, first domino has fallen. And Cruz writes me back like like we text all the time. So he just hits me back. And unfortunately for him, I've been pestering him ever since. And then I just threw a uh, caution of the wind one day and asked me if you want to be on the show. So welcome <laughs> to the show, Cruz. Thanks for joining oh, us, buddy. No, of course. Uh, DMs are always open. I uh, <laughs> I know I know a lot of people. I know that's uh, not, not the case for a lot of people, but I actually enjoy um, people reaching out and talking. And it's how I've been able to make like really good connections. Uh, thanks for having me on. I haven't done one yeah. of these in a while. Um, I'll, I'll make sure to explain later. But uh, yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to do this. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. So uh, yeah, thanks, bro. yeah, let's let's uh, talk some first things and, first. Yeah. Uh, we raise Cheers. our glass. Whatever uh, liquor you're drinking, whatever you're drinking. Shout out Cheers Maker's Mark, sponsor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I'm not sponsored, but I got a little uh, gentleman Jack. There you uh, go. Yeah, unfortunately, he did not sponsor uh, me, but. Yeah. Should. <laughs> makers uh 
Makers was my first big, um, pretty big sponsor for the podcast. So like I have just stayed loyal. So uh, yeah. anything Makers Mark related is generally like what I'll go with. So question, how uh, um, did you get sponsored? How did you get your pod sponsored by Makers Mark? Was this just you networking? Did you know somebody? Did you just How reach out? And- to get sponsored by Makers Mark? Yeah, <laughs> we'd love that. Um, yeah, I got, I, I just ended up being able to connect with the uh, the right people. I had a chance. I, I, I've been very lucky, I would say, with starting out just now thinking about it. It's been, what's it been? Started the first original podcast, December of 2020. And then it's kind of blown and then it kind of blew up from there. And then I uh, was able to, to just make connections and people for whatever seemed to really like the show, which I was pretty happy about. And yeah. so we're sponsors. And so we've had, we've been lucky enough to work with DraftKings, been lucky enough to work with uh, Maker's Mark, uh, Christopher Mobley, really great uh, clothing brand. Um, I think one of my other original sponsors was my bookie back in the day, which, um, but it, it, it's just been the craziest thing in the world. I never thought I'd have like a podcast sponsored by like an alcohol that I'm pretty sure I've already paid for that sponsorship with. So it's, it's just all come full circle. It really has. Somebody somewhere has plenty paid for that. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out mom and dad for uh, paying for college. Yeah, absolutely. For- <laughs> is Nick, is you and Nick still doing it when you guys get back in the studio? Is Nick oh yeah. Your- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh um, yeah. So we will, we'll make, an announcement soon uh sooner than later uh we have some fun plans coming up we actually like we've had some guests lined up that we're really excited to do uh we're taking the show kind of like in a newer direction i'm gonna kind of do some things that we weren't able to do uh originally some creative and um and show structuring aspects of it but yeah nick nick bond wyatt um we're, we're all still here. We still, we're still in a group chat. We still put out stuff if, all the time on social media. Uh, yeah. So that's not changing at all. Uh, we're just going in a couple of different directions. And so uh, we're really thankful for the people we've had the opportunity to work with over the last year. Um, but I'm really excited what we have uh, coming up. And that's great. That's great to hear. So you're, you're just a big time bam, like the, the rest of us five. And we spend most of our time here, uh, talking BAM stuff. We try to branch out to other SEC stuff, but it always cycles back to five BAMs talking about Bama stuff. Uh, I think our best show is right after the Tennessee screw job. Um, Ooh, I went on awesome. about a five-minute rant after that game to open up the show. Uh, I just let fly on everything I thought was crap about that game. But, you know, this is kind of what we do here. We just we just get some BAMs together, talk Bama stuff, and uh, enjoy doing it. So that's really what we're that's really what we're about here. No, yeah. Uh no, no, we're the same. We we try and be universal with what we do as well. However, though, when you have um when you have four Alabama grads in one podcast <laughs> together, it, I think we can get five and counting you. Yeah, it, it gets it gets a little bit homerish. So we we've tried <laughs> to really kind of branch out from it. Um I'm sure most people know oh. that I didn't grow up an Alabama fan. I actually grew up a, a gator. Uh, a lot of Ooh. those people know. Yeah, I grew up a Florida Gator. Mm. I actually went to the University mm. of Florida my freshman year of college. Uh, but I grew up in Mobile, Alabama. Okay. And so my Alabama fandom from transferring going to school there really kind of took over in about 2011 
and I've always been like a huge college football guy. I mean, even even not being at Alabama, I still appreciated what they were historically from you know the Bear Bryant, Gene Stalling days, and then you guys had that nice little run in 2005 uh, with Shula before hell broke loose but i mean that was the i i'm just like i've always respected good college football alabama or when alabama is good call that college football it's good it's a blue one so um i have like a little bit of a i'm still somewhat a homer but i can also look in and talk about college football not being blinded only because like i i can I can separate the two like I can. Yeah. So uh, now the Saints, now the Saints, no, completely not. I am, I am the biggest Homer you'll ever meet for the (laughs) New Orleans Saints. Like every year is our year. We're going to the Super Bowl. I sound like a Dallas Cowboys fans. Every time I say next year is our year, Uh, (laughs) Andy Dalton's a goat. Like it's, that's, that is, is, yeah, that is, that is where I, I'm just not uh, rational whatsoever. (laughs) Well, we're uh, me and Scott here are big Steeler fans. Murph over here is Dolphins. He's fins up. I don't know what Cam and Parker are. I don't know if they're got an NFL squad or not. But wherever the Bama players are, yeah, well, I've been a lot of them. It's everywhere now. Oh yeah, yeah. With Derek Henry now, you're right. So let's just uh, let's get into our subject matter. What we came to talk about here tonight, which was our worst sports memories. It can be Bama related. It can be anything related. Like I said in that message, Cruz, like you're a Saints fan. I'm sure you got several. Mm. Yeah, not pass interference mm. call on Roby Coleman in that game was probably one of the worst. Um, yeah. Um, I, we get- I probably would have blown a gasket had that happened in a Steeler game. Um, yeah. So I've had the unfortunate um, experiences of being at a few of those Saints games. Uh <clears throat> I'll put it like this. So the I'll start with the 2018 NFC Championship game. That was the worst sporting event I've ever attended. Um, I, I'm a season. We my family were season ticket holders for the Saints. I've been going to Saints games for years. Um, it was the the day was perfect. Like it was a perfect day in New Orleans. We got there. The crowd's incredible. It feels like it's 2009. We're about to go back to the Super Bowl. We're gonna go win it in Atlanta. Uh, make falcons fan on suicide watch like it, it's going to be like the greatest day um <laughs> we kicked their ass all day they like incredibly yeah. kicked their ass and then we just kept letting them go back in the game and i sense like a fear of like we're gonna we're, we're not gonna win like we're gonna blow this and then a couple minutes left in the game drew Brees throws like this perfect 40 yard bomb to like Ted Ginn who drops anything if he's what and double coverage catches the most unbelievable pass I've ever seen him like the 10 yard line I'm like this is God literally yeah. taking the Saints we're to the gonna Super win Bowl. oh I booked oh no no I booked my flight to Atlanta after that play I'm not even joking I booked the flight to Atlanta after Ted Ginn caught it for 40 yards I'm not even kidding um Drew, that, that was like the furthest past Drew Brees Drew Brees is thrown in like five years and so, yeah. like everything, and then it was the most. Un- it wasn't even the Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara. It was the Ted Ginn. So, I'm like watching this, and I'm sitting in the opposite end zone of where it happens. And I, the where are we sitting? So, like where we normally sit, we're like in the lower left side of the end zone, and so probably about like 13 rows away from the field, and. I'm a, and we're all assuming because we're going nuts and we're hearing everyone else go nuts and we can't really see. 
and we're just assuming that we just can't see the flag. And yeah. then when we and then when we noticed that like the field goal units coming out, we went nuts. And when they showed that replay on the jumbotron, I've never I seen have, anything like it. I've I've been at I've been to the Steve Gleason pump block. I've been to the Saints going to the Super Bowl. Uh, against the Vikings, I've been there when uh, it it went through Alshon Jeffrey's hands and the Marshawn uh. Lattimore's hands. I have heard the Superdome as loud as it could possibly be. I have never heard it so loud just from booze. It shook, and it just like the air got sucked out. And then we couldn't stop them. We had a chance to stop them, couldn't stop them. They go down, they kick like a fifty-six yarder or something. Like it felt like it was from midfield. They kick it, goes in. We go to overtime, and then. The play that never gets talked about and the play that probably just destroys me, we get the ball to start overtime, and we call this shot play. And it's the same play Drew Brees actually broke the all-time passing record that year. Yeah, It's like it's this, it's this curl fake to Michael Thomas, and Traquan Smith, who was a rookie that year, is a, it's a bump-and-go route where he's wide open one-on-one in the safety. Well, Drew gets hit. Um, and an illegal hands to the face that never gets called and then it gets intercepted. But if you go back and watch that, Traquan Smith is actually literally running wide open in the middle of the field. It, he he's gonna walk in for a touchdown, and then we go to the Super Bowl. And it gets picked. We stop him, they kick another field goal from mid from midfield, and it just I've never been to a sporting event that's made me cry physically. Yeah. Now that, that was the only one that has. Like I just sat in my seat in disbelief, hands over my face, drank my beer, and I eventually had to get told by security, it's like, hey, we're clearing out the stadium. Um, and <laughs> like I just two sat days later. I just sat there. I was like, I have had my heart broken by by women. I have been like, <laughs> I have been told no so many times. I have like lost out on opportunities. Nothing has ever hurt me worse than that day. And yeah. it is like and I and I never will forget that's why like I think the NFL is a little bit rigged. And like oh, last week and, and like last weekend should kind of show you that. And yeah, like yeah. now people oh, yeah. are losing their mind oh, yeah. um, by saying like, oh my God, the NFL is so rigged. The officiating has been terrible. It's like, oh, where were you guys after the NFC championship game? Yeah. It's been like this. Now, That's what I've been telling these me. guys. I get follow the money, follow the money. It'll never Fo- lie. Follow the script because I guarantee it's like, <laughs> and it's so funny too, because there's, there's a Barstool podcast uh, called Microdosing and PFT and Arian Foster went into it today. They get a script at the beginning every, every season and in practice, they're not really running plays. They're perfecting the script so it looks real. <laughs> that that is very good. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. Um, <laughs> that is the most painful memory. Alabama, like, yeah, it's like uh, losing sucks. I get it. Yeah. Uh, I was at the kick six. Uh, that was my. Was that twenty thirteen? So yeah, it was my junior yeah. year. That one was rough. But I had a friend from high school who was on that Auburn team. Uh, his name is Jay Prosh. He was the fullback. Yeah. And back. Uh, yeah, he's like, he's another mobile kid. We used to go to church yeah, together. Uh, I remember him with, with the UMS, right? Um, I was happy for him. Uh, and I had, and some of my high school friends went there and I was like, if I wasn't an Alabama fan, this would be the coolest play I've ever seen in my entire life. Cause it is, it's one of the greatest I mean, plays great play. in sports, it, not just I mean, college not, football, but all sports. I'm not a Malzahn guy, but that was one of his best coaching moves. Oh, hundred percent. Oh yeah. All it, was, time it was putting him back incredible. there to return that. Oh, it was incredible. Goal, but- but uh, but yeah, sick. that but that was I, I would say that for Bama. But I'm just like, that's just a miracle. It's not like we lost it. That was just like anything that could go wrong just went wrong. 
And like, and everything that went right for Auburn just went right. And then they blew a 24 to three lead in the natty. So it all made up for it. They sure did. <laughs> they sure did. Don't. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, uh, uh, I, when I was going through my head about my worst sports moment, you know, obviously the kick six came to mind, but you know, that Jordan hair voodoo is so real. Auburn Jesus you pick, is real. You could pick. I mean, you can go all the way back to the Jared Holmes game in 96 or 97 or the Ed System fumble, whatever year that was, 97 maybe, and Jordan Hare. Uh, just random stuff like why we're throwing passes when we have a lead and Auburn has no timeouts. And all we have to do is run the ball with Sean three times and the game's over, but we threw to the fullback who fumbled it. You know, it's just random stuff. Mac Jones throwing two pick sixes in that game that year. I mean, he had one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen an Alabama quarterback have. But that game – in Jordan Air, he throws two pick sixes. I mean, when was I mean, when was the last time that happened? And one of them was a 99 yarder. That yes, one of them bounced off Najee's back and went the yeah, other way. Yeah. Because yeah. somebody didn't pick up the blitzer and Mac had to throw it quick and Najee hadn't turned his head yet. I mean, just weird stuff. The Bryce Young game, we had three points in four quarters. I mean, c- come on. I think that was more of a Bill O'Brien kind of thing. Yeah. yeah we, but he made there. up for it. But that, that, that one, though, I will say the three points in Jordan Hare. Also gave us the the greatest one of the greatest drives in Alabama yes. football history. Price, so yes. I agree. I, and, so, yeah, totally agree. And, and totally I'm agree used, I'm used to seeing them embarrass us. There, it was kind of nice to be able to return the favor. Thank so you. I, I kind of enjoyed. Yes. That I mean, the four yes. overtimes like that. You talk about the most stressful Thanksgiving ever. Like I went from having. My parents asked, when are you going to settle down and get married to then having to watch Alabama, Auburn, and four overtimes the next day? Like, Jesus, the amount of alcohol I had to drink that weekend to get, to get over <laughs> it. I mean, it was awful. I mean, but it, all, there's something about um, there's something about the Iron Bowl in Jordan-Hare, which this year in Jordan-Hare again, Hugh Freeze is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they have – I think a lot of people are sleeping on Auburn coming into this year. Yeah. Uh, I really like that Asher kid. Uh, I think I'm, I'm glad Tank Bigsby is not there anymore, but you know, Auburn always has something going on. I think Hugh Freeze is just a guy who has always been able scheme wise to have Nick Saban's number. So like this year, definitely need to see who we get on defense is God. I hope it's Pruitt and I've been hearing things and I know that Saban's going to bat for him and they're, and they're doing all this. Um, yeah. So <laughs> if it's Pruitt, I, I I'm I'm fine. I'm okay. But like I'm starting to get a little bit worried, uh, coordinator wise, especially after today losing out on the Washington guy. Yeah, I heard that he showed up and needed an offer before he went back. And he, he had like, a number. He had a number from Washington. This is what I was told by a few people. And um, I I've been said I've been able to make some pretty good sources here lately. So, um, and they haven't let me down yet. Uh, he had a number from Washington given to him before he left. So he told he told uh, Washington he was going to uh, going to Tuscaloosa. Went there. I, I don't think the numbers really matched up, and Saban yeah. had some more interviews lined up ready to go. Uh, I don't know who those people are. I've heard a few p- different people, but until I like I can actually confirm that they're coming to Tuscaloosa, I won't say who. Um, but I, I just think there was too big of a time gap slash I think I don't think the number matched up so I think that was where it was because look Washington has a chance to win the Pac-12 next year if they get and I know USC is going to probably go in as like a top three team to start but 
they yeah. they had the number two offense in the country last year. Not a lot of people realize that. Um, and I think where they're at, and they have a great, uh, I think, great college quarterback already. Um, Penix. Yeah, Fe- yeah, Penix is good. The transfer he transferred from Indiana, went to went to Washington, started out a little slow, and then he just took off at the end of last year. Yeah. Like he just went off, and so you figure you have Oregon, who I think Oregon's going to be good next year. I think USC is going to be the favorite. Uh, UCLA, they've been able to recruit well, and then we don't know what Colorado is going to be. So. They're going to be better. We know that. Yeah, and Utah is always a and Utah is always a solid program. So you, I think, yeah, the Pac-12 next year has a chance to be probably the second best conference in college football next year. And I, I hate I saying that, that, but it's probably true. As long as Caleb Williams is there, USC is going to be a force. Oh my god, I can't look. Freak. I can't wait for the Saints to tank for Caleb Williams. I, I gladly <laughs> if we if we don't pull hey. off like a miracle trade, uh, like for Bryce or yes. CJ Stroud. It, which I mean, it could have happened. I'm just not holding my breath. I'm okay sucking for a year. Yeah, to go get Caleb Williams, hundred percent. You posted a picture of Bryce in a Saints jersey recently, and I was like, eh, I did. "Kid looks pretty good in that Saints jersey." I'm not gonna he, lie, he does. Like, uh, God, he. I think, but with the signing of Bama, uh, former Bama legend today, Demico Ryan's, I think uh, Bryce is pretty much signed, still delivered yeah. to go to. I mean, New Houston. Orleans would have to trade out their ass to get up. Yeah, high enough to pick him at one because Houston's taking him at two. Yeah, that's see, that's the thing. That's going to be the tough one. So we, ha- so even though we have a first round pick now, we have a first round pick next year, which I don't know what this offseason is going to lead. And so, like last year, like after we traded our first round pick to go get a Chris Olave and Trevor Penning, which I think those picks are going to be home runs for the Saints, especially Chris Olave, who had a fantastic year with Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill and. Uh, James or uh, James Winston, he was still putting up wide receiver one numbers, and then you have uh, no one expected the Saints to be a bottom tier team this year. So yeah. everyone was picking them to win the NFC South, possibly go to the wild card. They were supposed to be everyone's sleeper team. So when we traded that pick, I was thinking like, yeah, like it sucks. Like, but I mean, it's not that bad losing out on the twenty fourth pick. No, we lost a top ten pick, and that's yeah. what sucks. Um, so that, that's yeah. my one, that's my one risk of doing it again. Cause I don't know how, what this team will be like next year. I don't know who's still even going to be on this team. I don't think Michael Thomas will. I don't think Cam Jordan will. I think Mark Ingram's going to retire and I wouldn't be surprised if we try and move on from Alvin Kamara and, and get some picks. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta sell while their stocks high. These, some of these guys, you can't mm-hmm. hang on to them too long. You weren't, I, I hate that yeah. about Cam Jordan. I really like Cam Jordan. I think Cam will give the option to retire take a huge pay cut and retire saint or let him walk but i i would i would that would hurt but i i wouldn't be surprised steelers need d lineman bonds he'd be great cam jordan oh him and cam hayward tj watt that would be fantastic i'd That'd love be a nice defensive line right He's, there he already looks good in black and gold so you know just taking him in black and yellow i <laughs> mean that's true that's true so um all right so parker you've been thinking about this today what's your worst <laughs> Sports memory. Are we doing both best and worst or just worst? No, just worst. Just worst right now. There's no happiness on the show. <laughs> oh, no that's, that's, yeah. At least this week. At least this week. That'll be next. Uh, although you're on the show, Cruz, so that's happy. So yeah, but I'm kind of sad now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to say, you know, um, 
it's probably either I have to double on cruise. Um, probably either the 2013 kick six or I was at the 2010 cam back and I was sitting in the zone and I, I thought we were, we were just cruising. We were cruising. And then I see us, there's three things that I noticed. And I was like, even as a young fan, you're just like, okay, the, these are, this is not good signs. Was well, we go up 24, three and, um, then we fumble, then marking room fumbles it straight to the back of the end zone. I still um, cannot believe that. <clears throat> like, I don't get how the physics don't line up. Or Trent Richardson, while we're passing on the three-yard line, Trent Richardson drops a walk-in touchdown. Um, that one's a miss. Um, that was Jameer Gibbs this year against Tennessee when he dropped that. Now, why we were passing the ball those last three plays against Tennessee, I don't know. But the fact that he dropped that one, that, was, that took me back to that. That was right into that zone I was going in, so the, the north end zone. And I see him just drop it. And I'm like, oh, this is good. This is good. And then some pass. I can't remember if it was to – it was a deep pass to, like, Lutz and Kirkin. And then Mark Barron goes up to try to get it. And at the time, nobody knew, but he tore his pec muscle. And, and he couldn't uh, lift his arm. And he couldn't lift his arm. He played the rest of the game. when he, he at, It should have been out of the game. It, Dude, yeah, when that happened in real time, I was so mad at Barron. I was like, Saban needs to cut him before they even, the game's even over. Of course, I didn't realize that he couldn't lift his arms. But at the time, I was like, all he has to do is reach his hand up, and that's a pick or a deflection. And he just like jumped in the air and watched it go right over his head, and the dude's gone for a touchdown. I was like, cut his side out. I'm like screaming at the TV. Like, I couldn't believe that happened. That was that yeah. Jordan Hare voodoo in Brian Denny that day. Yeah, that was – so I was a freshman at Florida that year, and we all at Florida, we were so – bummed out because cam newton as a lot of people like to forget yeah. was a florida quarterback he was a gay and oh my god we he was incredible he was a more athletic than tebow so like yeah the and the thing is though what's crazy and auburn fans should be the biggest tim tebow fans because cam newton was supposed to take over the starting job for the university of florida in 2009 tim tebow came back for his senior year in 2009 and that's why he left for to go to blend like that's like the whole thing like a lot of people don't realize that everyone thought after the laptop incident he got kicked out of florida that's not the case he got he got suspended got in trouble and then went the third on the depth chart behind john brantley which let's be honest like (laughs) he he wasn't losing his john to john brantley like like he wasn't and so then and then when tim came back this was before the transfer portal, so like he would have to sit yeah. out a year, yeah, and waste another year of eligibility. So he'd only really, but granted, he probably would have done the same thing under Urban Meyer in Florida that year, um, in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, with how great he was. So no one really knew. So like when we were watching him in, in Gainesville, and we're seeing John Brantley play, and we're seeing Cam Newton play, we're like, this kid's inc-. like we were so yeah. mad. This is like. John Brantley, Jesus. Yeah, trust me, it was not fun. Um, it was, it was incredible watching how good Cam Newton was. Cam Newton to this day is still the, yeah. I think. If if you if you give me one game, and I got to pick any college quarterback from any year, I'm taking 2010 Cam Newton. I don't care. I don't. I'm not picking 29 or 2019 Joe Burrow. I'm not picking Tua. I'm not picking Mac Jones. I'm not picking Bryce. I'm picking 2010 Cam Newton because he is 
by himself. He took a bad Auburn football team yeah. and literally by carried himself. him. There was two draft picks on that team. Do you know? Do you know who the other one was him and uh, Nick Fairley. Nick Fairley. Nick Fairley, exactly. Those were the only That's two it. guys who had who played in the league longer than three years. And and Nick Fairley was actually a really good player, and, and it sucks that he got blood clots and had to stop playing because he was actually a really good defensive yeah. tackle. But Cam Newton carried that team. That LSU yeah. team was already stacked. The Bama teams were already stacked. It, it, yeah, yeah. He he's incredible. He carried that team, even the LSU game that year. Remember, yes. he broke that long run and, and ran away from Patrick Peterson, who's still playing the NFL, by the way. Yeah. I mean, that's, oh, the, and I think the game everyone nuts. forgets is the Georgia game. How crazy that game was because he, all the stuff that came out, and then, yeah. and then he's, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? And then he ended up playing. And then that game, I think there was like four different fights between like Aaron Murray <laughs> and Nick Fairley and Cam Newton. And like, I, and then the coaches were like dancing on the, like it was the weirdest game yeah. I think I've ever the watched. Trooper Taylor. Yes. All that. And, and, and like, it was that just fluff. that, that Auburn team had no business being as good as they were. Like yeah. all, Alabama should have smoked them. Like I've talked to, I talked to Marcel Darius one time. It was probably like two years ago. I ran into him in Tuscaloosa and we talked and he was like, to this day, do not ever bring up the 2010 Iron Bowl. He will eat you. It, it was McElroy's yeah. the only one that talks about it. <laughs> Douchebag. <laughs> I was, you know, what's funny. I was like, I was lucky enough to have a conversation with Greg in, in New Orleans this past year. I was in town for the uh, LSU FSU game in week one. And I saw him at Harris uh, Casino and we've crossed paths before. I didn't really know him, but, it, but we recognized each other. And so we talked and, and I, I, for as much shit Greg gets, he's actually a really nice guy, but he's, yeah. he's way too smart for his own good. He really is. He's a good analyst. Yeah, oh, great analyst. But just like, yeah. he tries too hard to like, just not be a, a, a Bama guy. Like he should be more like Reese Davis. Like just embrace it a little bit. Yeah. Like just have fun embrace with it. it, dude. You're one of the two that have led Bama to an undefeated season. You know, two. Saban's only had two of those. Which, which is all those wins nuts. and championships. He's only had two undefeated seasons. Well, d- he had a. Did he go undefeated at LSU that one year? No, no. They didn't go undefeated. Florida. Lost to Florida. Yeah. You're yeah, right. They did. Florida that year. You're right. They did. That was the. Yeah. Oh my He's god. Only that had was two a, undefeated seasons. That was 09 the, and twenty. That wasn't even the Spurrier too. That was Ron Zook. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Oh that's god. Ron Zook. That's embarrassing. My bad. I forgot yeah. about that. That's that's bad. I, I forgot about that. Ago, yeah. And, um, All right, Cam. What's yours, Cameron? So I've actually got a few, but I'd like to start it off <laughs> with you. our most recent disappointing performance and the most memorable because it's fresh in my mind was the 24-point blowout that we just received from Oklahoma and basketball. <laughs> I was just about to say, you can't mention the Oklahoma game. <laughs> yeah, um, That was pure putrid. That was that probably was the hands. worst performance yeah. The most a top two team has ever been beaten by ever by an unranked ever. team by an unranked team. Yes, most ever. Uh, so that one you was can tell absolutely pitiful. Two minutes into that game, we were going to lose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, Oklahoma was yeah. just shooting lights out. I don't think we would have beaten. Yeah, them if we would have played a good game. They but shot sixty-eight percent. But we played a bad game. Like, I mean, defensively, yeah. we just yeah. didn't know what to do. We were all over the place. Awful. It looked horrible. Our shooting was horrible for a second game in a row. I'm watching the Vanderbilt game right now. We've kind of taken a little bit of an early lead on him. Hopefully that remains. 
but beside that, that was kind of more of a comic one. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take it away from Alabama just a little bit. Um, not be That's a cool. So I grew up as a big Seattle Seahawks fan because Alabama football was bad in this area. Okay. <laughs> um, and this will lead to some of my other ones, but Alabama was bad, but the Seahawks had Sean Alexander on the team and he was former Alabama great. And my oh, yeah, I got a like, Seahawks Alexander jersey. Yep. And, and my dad was like, oh, this guy is, you know, he's a former Alabama player. So I just became this big Seahawks fan. They'd never been to the Super Bowl before. And they had this great run in 2005. I know where you're going. And Sean Alexander wound up winning the MVP. Um, and they went to the Super Bowl, and I had high hopes that the Seahawks and Sean Alexander were going to win this Super Bowl. And I know Scott and Jeff are probably going to love this one. But they get there, and uh, I think Antoine Randall L. threw like a yep. touchdown pass. Ben was, was total trash in that game. Ben was god-awful. And the Seattle oh. offense that had looked so good all season just looked absolutely horrible. It wound up, we wound up losing 21-10. to 10. And I just remember being a little kid so heartbroken because I'd watched this team all year and watched Sean Alexander, the former Alabama great yeah. MVP, and then just completely choked away in the Super Bowl. He set the, the, the then record for TDs that year. He and did. Thomas and broke it the next and, year. And I believe that Steelers team was like the last seed in the playoffs in the AFC. Yes, time, we were six mm-hmm. seed. The first yep. team to be six seed and go to the Super yeah. Bowl and win it. And the Giants did it a couple of years later. Ben Roethlisberger had to like make a shoestring yeah. tackle on Bob Sanders in the AFC Championship, right? The, yeah, it yeah, was Bob Sanders. Bettis, it was but, Nick. Yeah. Uh, on the goal line. It was yep. Nick somebody. It wasn't Bob Sanders because oh. Bob Sanders would have just trucked Roethlisberger. But it was uh, the guy's name was Nick something, uh, the DB that picked up that fumble and Roethlisberger made that string tackle and then Vanderjack kicked that field goal into the parking lot. I would have given him the win or tied the game or something, but he kicked it into the parking lot. And we won. So I've Look, got I mean, a, that, I, that that defense though for the Steelers, like you're you're making them sound like they were a bunch of scrubs. They they have I, I'm I'm looking at it right now. They have one, two, three, four, five, five possible like Hall of Famers, couple All Pros. Yeah. I mean Joey Porter, Larry Foot, Ryan Clark, Troy Palomalu, Ike Taylor, Brett Kessel, James Ferrier. He said I'm, Palomalu. I was like, oh, dang. Yeah, I mean, I'm that's not saying not, they were bad. I'm just saying the Seahawks were the number one seed on the NFC side, and the Steelers were the last seed on the AFC side. So I just had high hopes. The, and as a young kid, um, I was just – I mean, I mean, yeah, but the NF- – I, I remember this year because this was the year um, – because this was the year y'all – or Seattle had beaten Carolina mm-hmm. with yeah. Jake DeLome to get yeah. to the playoffs. I remember like, – and the NFC was not good that year. Like, it, it – like, I'm like they just weren't. I, I thought Seattle kind of like slept walk through that year because I remember it was, it was a Sean Alexander show and it was Matt Hasselback and mm-hmm. and I just never thought Seattle was that team. But I will say Ben Roethlisberger probably the worst game of his career. He was Super awful that game. He, he was really was really that thing from partying all week. He yeah. Well, I guess like and that a was a huge. That, well, that was a huge thing because there was like a thing that came out probably like. I don't know. It was probably like it was like right after he got in a motorcycle accident, yeah. and it, like his teammates, he was such a bad egg at that point. From and they had such a bad oh, yeah. taste in his mouth from Detroit that week yeah. that he lost like the locker room after yeah. that. And it took like it took a lot to get it back, but 
Yeah, if it wasn't for Antoine Randall being a college quarterback at Indiana, um, he and threw a seed to Hines. Oh Lord my God, on that, that was a perfectly drawn up play. But I mean, that Pittsburgh team, I I thought the year before they went on that crazy run and then they got yeah. New England, and then they came back disappointing, <laughs> and then they just got hot at the right time. And that's normally what the playoffs is: just getting hot yeah. at the right time. Ben, I mean, look at the year we got Brady. Then Ben's. Yeah. Look, every, later, everyone, again. everyone's team gets Brady'd. My team got yeah. Brady'd. Every, everyone yeah. does. We've it all been happens. Brady'd. If you're an NFL fan in the last 20 years, you've been Brady'd. Even Bama got Brady'd. Bama got Brady'd yeah. in the Orange Bowl. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes. That's why I'm like, yeah. why is Tom Brady ruining my life? I mean, I, what did I ever do to this this guy that he that he screws me in the Orange Bowl and then he comes to the Patriots and he and he and he stabs me in the in that 04 game. And mm-hmm. then he got me again in the, in the AFC championship game a few years later. And then he got me again when we actually had the killer bees. Like, why does this guy hate me? He hates a lot of people. Him? Then he came to the NFC South and then we swept him. And then yeah. he broke my heart in the playoffs. And he said, he in the dominates in the playoffs. It's like, that's what he does. That, mm. so I like Jeff, Brady. That's what makes it worse. So like Jeff, I've got two more real quick. Uh, honorable mentions. Go ahead. The Auburn iron bowl streak in general, from 2002 to 2007. The Tuberville uh, streak? That was so painful as a little kid. I was like the only Alabama fan um, in my class, and I just remember coming to school every November, December, and just having to hear it from all these Auburn people for six years straight. And that culminated <laughs> the, the final time in the six-game streak the game before that, um, I remember I was listening on the radio. Uh, I was I was driving with my family back from Dothan to Enterprise um, back home, and I remember listening on the radio as Louisiana Monroe had a 21-14 to 14 lead oh. in 2007. And I remember, I, thinking, radio too. I remember thinking at the time, oh, we're going to come back and score a couple touchdowns and wind up beating them by 20. And we never did. And um, that was probably the lowest of lows in Alabama football. The first time a Sunbelt team had ever beaten an SEC yeah. team. And it wasn't even a good Sunbelt team. Like that Louisiana Monroe team was 6-6 six and six that year. Troy, <laughs> I'd gone to a Troy-Louisiana Monroe game earlier in the season that Troy beat them by three touchdowns. Um, <laughs> that, that was disappointing. But I think it also like kind of set – I'm not going to say it set anything in motion. I think it was just one of those things that, like, Nick Saban the next year in 08 was able to look back on and be like, tell his players, hey, remember that. You don't want to be that. You know, that's why you have to prepare. I almost think he tanked it on purpose. Exactly. But that game at the time, you talk about being an Alabama fan. I don't think any Alabama fan wanted to go to work the next day uh, or on Monday, go to school, do anything, because that was by far the most embarrassing loss in Alabama history. So let me can I can I ask a question because because like it's someone who was in high school who didn't who who went to you know had friends Alabama Auburn and I was the one Florida fan and so 07, we were coming off a natty but and we weren't exactly that great but Tim Tebow was you know winning the Heisman and it was fun so even though we weren't a great team we were just fun to watch. Did you lose what three games that year. Uh, we like lost that. to we lost to Auburn on a walk off kick. We lost a, a heartbreaker to LSU and like with ten seconds left, and then we got our ass kicked by Georgia. That was the one where and they Michigan. stormed, and then and then Michigan got us in the Capital One Bowl. But that was like Greg Carr's last game, yeah. And like it, like Michigan like yeah. came to play that game, um, and Tim Tim actually had a had a broken right hand. Um, Tim said 
when I when I used to work for when I used to work for him a couple um for a few years, he said he has never been hit harder except in two games was the 2009 SEC championship game against Bama. And then the oh and then the oh eight uh capital one bowl against Michigan his sophomore year. He said it was like I got hit so so hard, it was like hard to get up afterwards. Um yeah. but my question is is like when you are going through that, no Saban's first year, and you guys are figuring all that out. Even in even Saban's first year, he lost Auburn. Like, what was that like getting beat that many times? Like in a row by Auburn. It's because like because like Louisiana Monroe, like I look. These crazy upsets happen. Like I've seen Florida lose to Georgia Southern. Like it's not. It's not like it. It it, it happens. Like it's just a bet. It sucks too. Because then you, like you hear about it for like a decade and like years later. But like losing to an in-state rival that many years in a row. Like how Auburn. bad was it? Well, Cruz. What made it worse than anything is Auburn never like beat us down during that six games. Yeah. It was always like a touchdown. The most it ever was field was goal. Points. So we were always in the game, and then we just couldn't, you know, get the close. Materialized. Couldn't close it. We had no closers. Yeah, couldn't close it, and, and Shula wasn't the guy. And so I, I kind of became an Alabama fan. I was young, you know, two thousand three, two thousand four. So for like the first five years of my college football fandom, I didn't know what it was like to actually beat Auburn. So it was horrible. Like we we lost. It, those Alabama teams, they would beat That's the teams great. that they were kind of supposed to beat, but then would lose all of the games to the LSUs, the Auburns, the Tennessees. Normally, it it was hard. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. like because when Florida and Florida State would play, I think like the longest it would probably go would be like two years here. Um, yeah, and then even Ron Zook beat beat FSU a, a few times. So like, yeah, it was just like kind of one of those things where it's like, ah, like you get it, but. The long I've the longest losing streak to Auburn I've ever had has been one. So it's because it's like we lost we lost thirteen. Yeah. We lost let's see, we lost seventeen. Seventeen. Which didn't matter. And then yeah. um nineteen. And then and then almost twenty two. So it almost seems like every three years it it something happens. So um Yeah. But yeah, I look. I, I'm not even gonna like pretend to act like I'm not spoiled. Like I know I came into <laughs> to Bama at like peak time. Like my first two years at the University of Alabama, I, I got to go to back to back national championships. I, I saw three when I was an undergrad. So I can't really complain. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now you're a Gator fan too, like originally. So Franklin born and raised, born and raised. mentions yeah. this 2020 game, which we talked about today. Oh, that the was the shoe, shoe game. game. The shoe oh, game. My God, <laughs> I was at a wedding. That weekend, who throws a shoe, dude? Honestly, dude, it was a wedding. We had just like in Birmingham, and I'm just like looking at it. I'm like, all right, Florida's gonna smoke LSU. The next week's Atlanta for the for the SEC championship. It's gonna be a shootout. And then I may or may not had a few too much to drink at the wedding. I woke up the next morning (laughs) and I saw the final score, and I'm like, there is no way. And then I I and then I saw how they lost. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm, and then yeah. the fact that the kicker kicked a missile and like which looked like a mustard cloud, and like because you could not see in that game, and he boots it. And I'm like, how in the Kyle Trask threw more touchdown passes to LSU that game than he did Florida. Like it was incredible way to lose. Yeah. Like that's a meme. That's a Saints way to lose. Like that's mm-hmm. that's just incredible. Well, that, here's. 
And he's drafted, and he's actually good. The guy who threw the cleat is actually good in the pros. Marco Wilson. Who was that? uh, Marco Wilson, who plays for the Arizona Cardinal, is he had a fantastic rookie year this year. Like he is, he had a great year. Like, I mean, so it's it was just a bonehead. It was a bonehead play by a talented player. But here's the thing: like in the in the grand scheme of things, it wouldn't have mattered. Because they lost the Bama the next week, they wouldn't have gone to the playoffs, and they probably yeah. still would have gone to the Cotton Bowl against Oklahoma, which they would have again got their ass kicked. No offense, other Florida fan who's in here. I'm just being real. <laughs> <laughs> well, the worst thing about that seven game losing streak um, to Auburn those years was that we only really had two. Two out of those seven were really was it seven? Teams. I thought it was like seven. Six. I thought it was five. Six. Six. Oh, okay. I thought it was. Ooh. So the, the O2 team and the O5 team were the only two teams I thought had a shot. Oh. O2 especially, but you know, Franchoni had already taken the AM job by the time we played that game. So, you know, he didn't really care about that game, which it, it showed in the play calling and the and the way the team played. And then the Shula game in 05 where we were we were undefeated and then Prothro got hurt. Uh, in that Florida game and our offense went completely in the tank after that and we could barely score the rest of the season. And then Auburn had like 10 sacks that game because, you know, this gets overlooked. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but our starting center, Klausner, J.B. Klausner, got hurt the week before that Iron Bowl. So our backup center, which was Taylor Britt, which was Justin Britt's little brother, and Justin was a fantastic left tackle for the Franchoni teams. But his younger brother, Taylor, was the backup center, and he couldn't couldn't block a shadow. And they just we just got killed in that game. Yeah, I, uh, I remember – Couldn't block anyone. Yeah, because that was 2005. That was 05. Yeah, 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 you guys got sacked literally the first play of the game because yes. you guys had this crazy stat in 05 where you literally threw on the first play, offensive play of the game every yes. year. Every game. I mean, what was the bumper sticker? Oh, if you, oh Honk. Honk, if you sack uh, Croyle or Brody something like Croyle. that? Yeah, yeah. Brody Croyle because I remember Honk. that. Um, I think everyone in West Mobile who was an Auburn fan had one. I just remember yeah. seeing that. And – no, because I remember because my first ever Alabama game that I ever went to was the 05 Florida game where we just got. Yeah, inc- that was Alabama's we, comeback party. We like got they a, announced to the world we're back. I have never seen that like into this day. Like I've never that was my first time being at a game watching a team I love get absolutely just emasculated. Slaughtered. Like it was I have. That was before like Brian Denny is like the the kingdom it is now. Like it was like it was still incredible, but like it's not what it is now. And I just remember how loud it was the first play, the first offensive play for Bama, just pro throw. I think like, eighty seven yards of yeah. bomb, double coverage didn't matter, took off, and and he. I was just like, oh no, I was just like, <laughs> and I'm an eighth grader. I'm I'm literally me and my dad are like literally the only people sitting in the section and just like orange and blue. And I, Chris Leak threw his like first interception in like, I think like eight games or something crazy stat yeah. like that. And just, we just got murdered. Like, like I've never have experienced. So that was my first experience of like joyless murder ball. Like, and then that was, what was that? 2005. <laughs> so that was about five or like eight years before it really became a thing. But like that game got me just like, that was, that was a game I actually, believe it or not, like fell in love with college football was that game because I've yeah. never been in a football game like that 
that incredible. Like that, yeah. like that kind of that environment, even though it wasn't a good game, it was just like this is what college football is all about. I mean, we were back. That was yeah, Bama's that, yeah. announcement, like, hey, we're back, baby. We on the cover of Sports Illustrated the next week. But you know, Pro Throw broke his leg late in that oh. game as a blowout. Oh. And oh. you know, that was the end that was that was the end of our, our championship contention would, when he went down. Would you consider and I and I like and I, and I want you to answer this truthfully. Would you consider the 05 Florida game or the 08 Georgia game as back for Bama? And you have to pick between one of those two. I'd say 08 because 05 we never capitalized. The next year yeah. Shula was fired, which we can thank uh, Ray Perkins for having Nick Saban. Uh, uh, yeah. Didn't Ray Perkins die recently? Like God rest his soul. If not for him, we'd. We never would have gotten Shula. Or we never would have gotten Saban, because Ray Perkins told him not to fire, not to get rid of any of his assistants, and so Shula kept them all and ran them back in '06. And we were garbage. And Mal Moore said, "You're out, dude. Like, see ya. What changes are you gonna make?" He said, well, "I'm not gonna make any." He said, "Well, thanks for stopping by." And there's that was the end of Shula. There's two things you Alabama fans should be very thankful for. Um, it should the first one is Tim Tebow deciding to go to Florida. Yes, because. Yes, uh, and I and I've talked and I've and it's actually funny. Like when I first started working for Tim, I actually had this conversation with him. Be like, "Why did you go to Florida instead of Alabama?" Because his entire senior year, he was gonna go to Alabama, and he was telling me if it like if it was not for Urban Meyer and Dan Mullen and his scheme, huh? Oh, can you hear me? Oh, oh, can you hear me? There, we got I'm, you now. Okay, sorry. Um. I was gonna say, if it wasn't for um, if it wasn't for Urban Meyer's scheme and Dan Mullen coming in, he and and they were like, "Hey, you're gonna play your freshman year," even though we, they had Chris Leak at the time, who was um, a, a really good, good Chris Chris Leak was a good college quarterback. He was yeah. like he like and he and yeah, he played he's in a, the league, but he was a good college player. He was a good college player, awful human being off the field. Don't even want to get into that, but like <laughs> awful human being. Like, um, but he came in and he was like, yeah, I was going to go to Bama, but like I like urban sold me on a scheme. Had Tim gone to Bama. I think Shula probably would have won enough games yep. in 06 to keep his job because John Parker Wilson was kind yep. of struggling and you got and and I, I looked at the stat probably like not too long ago. The 06 offense was so bad in the red zone. I think it was like second to last in the sec that year. Mm. Tim, uh, the QB powers would, was unstoppable as a freshman. You could not, you knew it was coming and you could not stop it. He would have won enough past. games. Yeah, jump. Oh my God. Greatest. Incredible. Um, but they would have won enough games in 06 to keep Shula for another yes. year. Saban when it came. And then oh, yeah. the second thing that Alabama fans should be thankful for is the Miami Dolphins failing Drew Brees to coming to yes. Miami because That's 06, the key. that is the key because. Saban is – I'm not – and this is just me off the top of my head. There, There's a good chance Nick Saban is still coaching in the NFL if it was not for – if Drew yes. Brees is, is, got cleared and not Dante Culpepper. Because that team – Culpepper was the guy. That team, that Dolphins team people forget, that defense was loaded. The year before, beat the Patriots. They had the defensive player of the year in Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas, Patrick Sertan. Um, I mean, you talk about guys who – Ronnie Brown, Ricky Williams at running back. I mean, that team was good. They were just a quarterback away. And 
it, it was just so like that's the two things like Alabama fans should just be thankful for that happened in 2005 and 2006. I mean, so many fates were changed by that decision. The fates of Alabama, New Orleans, and Miami yep. were all changed for a decade plus, 20 plus, two decades off that one decision affected so many things. Yeah. So many things. All right, Murph, what's your worst loss? Oh, man. All right, like Cam, I'm going to try to sneak a few in there. Yeah. When I try to think, all right, so one Bama-related, it was during basically during COVID, during the year 2020, Parker. Um, let me paint a picture for you. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all of a sudden, Bama basketball is suddenly relevant again. I haven't thought about Bama basketball since Colin Sexton played for us. Yet all of a sudden, we start winning games, and I'm stuck at home, and I need something to watch. I'm watching Bama basketball. Suddenly, we're great. And then all of a sudden, we make it into March Madness, and then we have to play UCLA. <laughs> uh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, I forgot about that one. I got yeah. thoughts on this game. I never thought, like – Watching Alex Reese making the most hype shot that I've ever seen in my entire life. Thank you. Granted, I haven't watched that much college basketball, but that was hype. <laughs> Only to see it just wither away like a wet fart. Well, <laughs> you know what's so funny about that game is when so Reese hit funny. that shot, like we were hyped around the living room, and I just oh knew we God. were going to go on like a I just knew we were going to wipe him out in overtime. I was like, my parents gonna... care fucking less yeah. about basketball. <laughs> like, <laughs> think, like I'm like, we're going to blow them out in overtime now. They're yeah. they're done. That just that just the momentum killed oh, any resolve they had, and the exact opposite happened. Yes, UCLA said, "Oh well, okay, then we're just going to wipe these cats out," and then they just blew us out in overtime. Like, mm. was that the the stupid basketball hitting? the the shorts call yes so, yes okay. that was yes. that, that was oh it oh my gosh you're bringing back some <laughs> terrible memories <laughs> oh, oh, shorts get that shack out of here well to, if it makes you feel any better we're up 37 to 12 with two minutes left in the first yes, yes, thank so, i was first, just about to say that yeah. i was thinking yeah. a halftime yeah on the other screen over here <laughs> On the phone. I think just, everybody's got one on the side. Just yeah. right here watching. They literally <laughs> spent like 30 minutes analyzing gym shorts. To watch yeah. it, it was the longest review. It was, I think, it, was, it was insane. And then you're completely right, though. Alex Reese hitting the shot of his life and not meaning anything. Yeah. I mean, I just knew we were going to run him out in overtime. I was like, that's it. That, they, that mm. shot went in. That, that killed anything they got. But well, it was the opposite. Well, I it killed remember, all of our momentum, and UCLA blew us out in overtime. Well, the thing is, I thought it was crazy that we were even in the game that late because Alabama wasn't hitting anything. Yes. Free throws were awful that game. And I remember that UCLA had shots that were like coming off the backboard, backboard threes, and like these like crazy shots that were going in so we were lucky to even have a chance at the end of that game but that game disappointed me because they were an 11 seed i know it's ucla and they get good recruits but they everybody had talked alabama up as this final four team that year and it looked like the perfect scenario it was the number two alabama and then 11 seed ucla like we have the advantage coming in and we just did not play good basketball. And I realized at that point, UCLA, even though they hadn't been very good in several years, 
they're still getting the five-star recruits, the four-star recruits, the good recruits, and they proved it that night because they had some studs. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Scott? What's your worst memory? We actually already mentioned it. Going to go back to uh, 2005 here against the New England Patriots, January 23rd. It was my first NFL football game. You were at that game? Yeah. Negative two degrees. Tom Brady threw a dart to Deion Branch like halfway through the first. He just Deion Branch. And we went home at halftime. It was 24-3 at half. I remember uh, Ty Law pick six Ben, like 70-yard pick six in that game. Yeah, Rodney Harrison had a pick six too, I think. Or maybe it was Harrison. I can't remember which I think it was Harrison. No, Ty Law was one in 01 when they beat us in 01 in Heinz Field. The Cordell Stewart, you know, he had such a good year and then threw three picks in that AFC Championship game. And Drew Bledsoe was playing for the injured Tom Brady when Brady had replaced him. And then Bledsoe mm-hmm. came in and threw like two touchdowns and we lost at home. And remember, Scott, remember Bettis pulled his groin that muscle like a week before that game? And so he was like at 50% and didn't know if he's going to play or not. And he couldn't even run. Like, so I'm, I was I was about three years old, probably. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Y'all, you young bucks, don't remember was, Jack's shack. I was, I was like, oh my gosh. So, the only so, reason I bring up back. the Patriots game from 04 in particular is because it's like probably the first thing I remember about the Steelers is that year. I mean, that was Ben's rookie um, year. He was 14 and 0 as a starter. Yeah. I mean, we beat them by two touchdowns earlier in the year. Yes. And it was, Brady. Oh, wow. it was it cold. My dad parked a mile away from the stadium because he wasn't paying for parking. That's my dad. <laughs> wasn't going to do that. So We're going to walk 30 minutes to the car. You can believe that. We're at whatever we, whatever event we go to. Just a miserable experience. But All right. So I'm going to take y'all back. Two, two events. Okay. Two events. The first one is non-Bama related. Um, it's actually – it's kind of the – the same event a few years apart. Same thing, though. Um, when I was a kid growing up in Boise, Idaho, I was born and raised in Boise, Idaho. And, you know, I'm older than all y'all. So back in the day, there, were, there wasn't no Monday night baseball, Wednesday night baseball, Sunday night baseball on ESPN. You got two teams on, the Cubs in the afternoon or the Braves on TBS. And the Braves were trash for, like, my whole childhood. But that's the only team that was on. So I watched Braves games on TBS as a kid all the time because it was the only games on at night. The Cubs played at noon on WGN. So their games were already wrapped up. So like the so, only nationally broadcasted. Yes. <laughs> on, on Superstation TBS, man. Uh, Skip they Carey. Were always on. Yeah. Yeah. Skip Carey, America's team. I'm like, America's team? They, they lose 112 games every year. But they were the only <laughs> team that was on regularly, you know. Yeah. So I was a big Braves fan growing up. That's the only team I could watch. So when they lost to the Twins in the 91 World Series, I don't think any of y'all were born yet, but that was win? 91. No, I was I, I was just I was just born. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So but I me, I was 15. So I was like I was glued to the TV watching these games. Um when we beat the Pirates in the in the NLCS, and then when they beat the or not beat, but they played the Twins and went all the way to game seven and Jack Morris threw a 10 inning shutout. Um, and we lost one nothing in the tenth inning because uh, Bobby Cox put in 
I, I, long story, but but that devastated me. And very similar. I'm a huge Yankees fan in my adult years. Uh, when I, you know, I, I became a huge Yankees fan when Jeter came around. Ugh. Because I love me some Jeter. <laughs> Jeter was like my favorite player, uh, besides Conseco back in the '80s. And uh, so I was all in it in '01, the 9/11 year, and then they played the Diamondbacks. And game seven, Mo Rivera's in the game with a lead. It's automatic. Rivera doesn't blow saves in the postseason, and he blew the save, and the Diamondbacks won. I, I, I mean, that was that was as most crushed as I've been outside of an Alabama event ever. Like, cause I remember telling my wife, Hey, watch this last out. You're about to see history. The Yankees are about to win their third championship in a row, fourth in five years. This is historic. You're about to see this. And then he blew it. And I threw my Yankee hat down and it stayed on the floor for like a year. till the next baseball season started. It's very but, un-American for the Yankees to lose after, uh, after the whole I mean, seriously. thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, the script was there. It's like you guys come back yeah, like after 9 11. Like, I mean, like, come on. Like, yes. that was, it was so meant for it. And then Pro the Diamondbacks sports. be like, nah. Yes. Whole sports are Very un American of the Diamondbacks. Like, Arizona. And like, ugh. Luis Gonzalez didn't read the script, I guess. Jackass. Um, George, Bush, George Bush threw the greatest opening pitch of all time. Yes. I mean, he threw like an 80 mile hour strike right down yeah. the center in a bulletproof vest. And he was in the mound going, take a shot. Take your shot right here. And then he fires a strike from the mound. People don't ever throw first pitches from the mound. Um, anyway, so the the Bama memory that – my worst Bama memory, it was a really close between 94 SEC championship game against Florida and 16 championship game against Deshaun and Clemson when Jalen couldn't complete a single pass in the entire second half. And Clemson ran 99 plays on the – Best mm. Alabama defense I have ever seen in my life. Oh. Ever. I, I, I'll go to my grave defending that statement. I watched the 92 season. Great defense. Those guys couldn't couldn't stay on the field with the defense in 16. Just the, the quality of athlete was I would was I would say the closest so thing would be if you if you're gonna have to pick one, it would be 2011 or yes. 2016. Um, I think 2011 was better against the run, but 2016, I mean, they just had so much speed. I, I like Ruben Foster yeah. was Ruben Foster is just, to this day, the craziest person I've ever met. And I love him. Like I, yes, I, 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 text him every, I text him every once in a while. Really? Um, yeah, I, I, the first time I ever met Ruben Foster was his freshman year. Uh, if, if, if you're familiar with Tuscaloosa and the campus, there's a circle K that's right, like pretty close to fraternity row. And uh, I went up there one night and he was there and literally didn't have a car. It was like, just walking up there. And I was, I was buying something and, and we we're talking and I noticed him because he had the Auburn, he has the Auburn forearm tattoo. So mm-hmm. I noticed who he was. And so we talked and, and he, I invited him to a fraternity party. <laughs> he like just literally rode in my car with me to, there, and and from there, like we we became friends. He is the most insane. He was like the most insane person yes. I think I've ever seen. But like, he's so nice. But like I really never knew how good he was gonna be until the until that Leonard Fournette hit, where I'm like, oh my god, yeah, he, is- he wasn't even a starter in that game. He was special team in that. No, he's, that he, was, he was special team till 2015, and yeah. then he almost didn't even get the starting job in 2015. He couldn't learn the playbook actually. 
Um, well, and, whatever they did in 16, they just said, see ball, hit ball. And, and, Jeremy, well, here's the thing. He couldn't he, under – Kirby's system and, and defensive scheme was so um, – it, it was so – complex that he just had a harder yeah. time understanding jeremy pruitt literally just said play zone coverage qb spy go hit people that was yes. his scheme like see that, ball like, hit ball yes that was his scheme and and honestly that i i think the 2016 defense was so good because you had these guys who were just so uber talented and just knew how to play ball that they, they were, were like a lot everywhere. a lot of a lot of it was hero ball like if you look like eddie jackson like roam free Mika fitzpatrick roam free um Jonathan Allen literally just bull rush and go. Yes. Deron Payne bull rush and go, and yeah. it wasn't like these complex schemes. When you had Kirby's scheme, Kirby ran a lot of zone blitzes where he would drop like Sean Han and A. Sean Robinson and, and, and Jonathan Allen um, into like coverage, and then blitz Ryan Anderson from the side. So like Kirby's scheme was Tim great. Williams. Tim Williams, Tim Williams, pass rush, like literally just go, and then, yeah. but like. And it's not taking anything away from Kirby. Like, I think Kirby was a fantastic defense coordinator and a fantastic Agreed. recruiter. Jeremy Pruitt, I think, just, like, understood to be like, these guys are freak athletes. I'm just going to let them do what they do best. And, yes. and Kirby just wanted his guys to just be in his scheme, and, and they were great. But if you look in 2013 and 2014 when the defense started to slide, and even 2015 when we played Deshaun Watson, his scheme didn't work. Yeah. No, 16 was – Reuben Foster was the, the single – I love Roe, CJ, Reggie Raglan. I love those guys. They were all fantastic. But Reuben Foster in 2016 was a wrecking ball. I I've never think... seen somebody wreck offensive game plans on a regular basis like he did that year. He was a missile. I still would take C.J. Mosley his senior year over Ruben Foster's just because C.J. was just an all-around better yeah. linebacker. Complete. But we're forgetting about one of the best ones, Dante like, Hightower. Hightower was a beast. Hightower was a freak. Dante yes. was great, but C.J. Yes. Mosley started. Smart. In Saban's, oh, yeah. C.J. Oh, yeah. Mosley started in his freshman year out of Theodore, Alabama, mm -hmm. as a freshman in Saban's system. Like even yeah. with Dante, and all those guys. Like C.J. Like unheard of. And I like. I've known CJ since like ninth grade. He's from he's from Mobile. He's from Theodore. Great kid. Still still talk to him every once in a while. Um, he I think is Saban's best linebacker ever. I think Mika Fitzpatrick and and Will Anderson are, are Saban's best defensive players. But yeah. like you have to include CJ Mosley like in the Agreed. best oh, linebacker yeah. tier. I was pissed when the Steelers did not draft CJ Mosley for whatever flipping reason. Did we take Shazier that year, Scott? To be fair, Raven. Yeah, it sounds short, right. They yeah. shorted him. Like, like CJ yeah. Mosley was born to be a Baltimore Raven. He was an Alabama guy. Ozzie Newsom loved him. Yeah. Like, he just fit Baltimore. But they they didn't pay him what New York was going to pay him, and <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Money talks in the big league level, but I, I was pissed when we did not draft CJ Mosley. I, I thought Tomlin made a egregious error by not taking CJ Mosley, and then the Ravens got him. I'm like, great, now I got to play him twice a year. Like, come on. He'll be up here but, in Chicago for St. Patty's Day. I'll let him know you said that. <laughs> hey, I'll, I always wanted him to be a Stealer. I'll like, let him know. There were many years, like when, when we passed on Eddie Lacy for Le'Veon Bell, I was pissed off that year. And, like, and look what happened. I think you're okay. Yeah. Like I think, we, I th yeah. I, I've been proven wrong a lot. But in the vacuum in that moment, like I wanted Eddie Lacy on the Steelers, and then we didn't take him. 
And I wanted C.J. Mosley, and they took Shazier, who was good, but then, you know, neck injury, career over. And Mosley's still balling. So, but I, I, I thought Reuben Foster, with my two eyeballs, just every game he just jumped off the screen, blowing people up. That hit he put on Watson in that game where he, helico- oh, yeah. where he helicoptered him. Like, Spun him. Oh, we should have yeah. won that game. All we have to do is complete one pass in the second half. Just one. And Gary freaking Dieter, I – dude catches 100 passes for Bowling Green, and then he drops the one pass we need him to catch all year. That one year, he threw him one pass we needed to catch, and he drops it in the second half of that championship game. J- Jalen gets – and I, and so and, and look, that game was is hard to be at. That was my first national championship post, post-grad. Um, I was the biggest blamer of Jalen for that game because he was a freshman and a lot of it looked like it was on him. A lot of it was on Steve Sarkeesian. I'm sorry. It was like that. Like, like if you go back and watch that game, like after Bo got hurt, Bama's offense was awful. Like it killed us. Oh my God! It, it, like, it, like, in, in the, in this, insanely true. Bo doesn't get hurt. Bama wins. I don't think we blow him out, but we win. They could not now, stop Bo because the way, and 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 here's the thing: we got cute, and we started like we started trying to do all these things, like these rollouts to Jalen and Clemson at that time had the best defensive line in the country. It yeah. worked like crazy. That's all Jalen had was that rollout to the right every play. He, was he did, out and right. and here and and it worked against these non because like if it wasn't Clemson's defensive line like that works every time because he was doing it all SEC against all the entire SEC the year before um or that season and Clemson's defensive line was just too fast it wasn't like their linebackers were too fast like Watkins and Miles Murphy and uh was that the Cleveland Farrell uh, Cleon Farrell, Shaq Lawson. I mean, like Lawson, these guys, like, yeah. like these guys were studs, and they're all still playing in the NFL. And we and Steve just got too cute. Now with Bo, we were able to run like these zone, uh, like the best zone run scheme I think I've ever seen. Like the the two runs that he rips off, perfectly blocked. Like and then Jalen rolls out, which creates the decoy. And so once he gets hurt, Damian Harris wasn't Damian Harris yet. Like he just yeah, won. Yeah. And I think Damian Harris is the most underrated running back in Alabama football history. Does not get the enough that. love and respect he gets. But great he was guy. A, great well, guy. Fantastic guy. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what he does next year when he's not on the Patriots. Um and and, and so like I'm watching that game. And then if you watch Steve um after Bo gets hurt. Three plays later, calls that trick play to OJ Howard. Same play that Lane Kiffin ran. Literally the same the exact year play. Bubble screen door. Darius Stewart takes off. You can't guard him. We didn't. We did not execute um, or utilize OJ Howard one on one coverage. Uh, I thought we threw way too many screens of Calvin Ridley uh, in a row. Like I think there was mm. one drive we literally threw three screens of Calvin Ridley and only one worked. Um, I thought Jalen it was a scapegoat that game. And then if yeah. it wasn't for Jalen in the last minute 30 of the game, we lose and he rips off. Yeah. And, and I know he I, I thought possibly be like, hey, like maybe go down to like the five. But like if you're a freshman and you have a national championship, no, you, in gotta your score. Eyes, you gotta score. You and if you score. have the best defense in college football right. history, they they should be good enough. But Sean Watson, as awful as a human being as he is. He is up there, I would say, in the top yeah. five of most athletic uh, college QBs of all time. 
But like that that 2016 defense will forever have an asterisk by it because Steve Sarkeesian. The offense was that the year that Saban fired Kiffin like 20 minutes for kickoff. They didn't fire him, so it was what had happened was is that Lane had already taken the FAU job, yeah. and he started recruiting. He struggled against Washington, and Saban booted him. I thought. So the, it was a mutual walking away. I think. I think the problem was as though is that like the year before Kirby had said that he would wait till after the after the playoffs to really start like his process into going. Lane got a head start. It rubs Saban the wrong way, and it clearly showed because that game plan against Washington. Yes, we were clearly a better team, and it showed. At, towards the end when we actually started implementing because that was the game Bo went off for, I think, like 185, yeah. like two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and our defense was clearly better because I had Jake Browning at quarterback. Like, it, like, we were never in doubt of winning, but we just looked sloppy. I think if Lane Kiffin calls the game, we win like easy. I think that yes. is, pro- I think we mm-hmm. blow, I, I think we blow them out. So I think actually, I'm not blaming Saban at all, but I think that was. It was kind of a mistake on our part to be like, yes. look, like I know this, but you don't think Lane wants to go into FAU with that? Like right. Saban only had one loss in the college football playoffs in, in in his tenure at Alabama, and that was the Ohio State game, and that wasn't even his fault. He called a great game. We yeah. our defense couldn't stop him, and then Ohio State just went on a run. Um, I, I, I think Priest here. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, well, Landon Collins, Eddie, uh, yeah. Eddie Jackson was at corner getting worked by Michael Thomas and, and Landon Collins. Zeke went got hurt. for like 285. Zeke, that game. Zeke went off. Michael Thomas went off. Um, and then, uh, and then TJ oh Yeldon got hurt. TJ Yeldon got hurt. Yeah. And Almost so, got, what's his name drafted from Ohio State? That, Devin that, Smith, um, the wide receiver, and then yeah. Devin Lee, and then the quarterback, too. Cardell Jones. Yeah. Well, he came yeah. back another year because JT and then he was tanked hurt. and he would never heard from him again. But yeah. I'm like, you should have gone right then, dude. Right when that game was over. But you you take the exact same game plan that Lane Kiffin had in 2015 and bring that into 2016. I, I think Alabama blows out Clemson. Like, we're talking like 2018, what Clemson did to us, we do yeah. to them. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I just went like a huge rant right there. <laughs> no, that's, all, that's what we're here for, man. We rant all the time. My my other my Bama worst memory was '94 first game in Atlanta for the SEC championship game. Florida's like eight and three. Bama's undefeated, eleven and zero. Going to that game, we're ranked like second in the nation, um, and we think Dwayne Rudd pick six to ball that put us up five, and Stallings kicks the extra point. Instead of going for two to put us up seven, he kicks the extra point, puts us up six. Florida with Terry Dean at quarterback comes, gets the ball back, goes right down the field and scores a touchdown, kicks the extra point and win 24 to 23. And we, this was, you know, nowadays, if you lose the last game of the year, it doesn't matter. You you actually can elevate your ranking. I mean, TCU lost (laughs) the last game of their season, two out of their last three, and actually went from third to second. You know, Ohio State lost by 30 in their last game. And they didn't fall at all. So back in 94, if you lost, you're out. It was over. And we were 11-0 in that game, and we lost that game. And so we were out of the championship. We wound up in the whatever the Capital One Bowl was and played Ohio State, and we beat Ohio State. Sherman Williams had an insane game that game. We wound up 12-1, and nothing to show for it, not even an SEC championship. But I was at that game and had to walk down from the very upper, upper level of the Georgia Dome 
hearing that Florida Gator chant. It's great to be a Florida Gator. <laughs> all we heard walking all the way down those ramps. And man, I was sick. I was like, you got, man, you got to get me out of here. Oh, that piss, um, ch- pisses a lot of people off. Oh, that was, <laughs> but you know, Stallings was Mr. Conservative. He was never going to go for two ever. You know, nowadays it's all analytics and there's charts. And, you know, what's her name? Went for two. Steve. Second Spurrier. quarter the other night. Dude, oh, oh, yeah. I, yeah. No, I was going to say Steve, when he came to Florida, Spurrier just like, he didn't care. He wasn't there to make friends. Like, he he hated everyone and just wanted to win by as yeah. much as possible. Um, That's what I like. And that was before. Oh, yeah. I love Steve Spurrier. like probably, I don't think he gets enough. Everyone, everyone has like. Like obviously have like Philip Fulmer, they got Nick Saban, Gene Stallings, Bear Bryant, but like I feel like Steve gets lost in the mix a little bit. Yeah, um, Steve was way ahead of his time. Oh my if, god, if his, prime his Steve was coaching today. Oh, like you would he, see some crazy stuff. Oh my god, his offense. Some of the was, talent out yeah. there today. He made so, Rex Grossman a Heisman Trophy contender. I want sexy people, Rexy baby, sexy Rex. He's got he Danny Warfel drafted. Okay, first of all, Danny Warfold, New Orleans Saints, great. Okay, just like let's calm down. Okay, um, no, I think I think the I think the best thing uh, Steve Spurrier ever did was get Jesse Palmer drafted in the NFL. The, the, <laughs> that was the best thing he ever did. At least Franklin's Rex Grossman here, uh, went to a Super Bowl. Like Steve, Franklin's like a big Florida fan. Like Je- like Jesse Palmer getting drafted by that's how you know you were a good coach. I mean, if you get a bachelor drafted in the NFL, you got something going. Oh, that was that would be like the equivalent now of. Oh man, I'm trying to think. What would that be? That, oh, okay, that would be like getting. That would be like getting Stetson Bennett drafted number one overall right now. Like that's oh, like that, that's that was the equivalent. Which now he's projected to go in the third round. Which I swear to God, if my team drafts him, we're gonna lose my mind. But that high, um, you already know the Saints are taking Bennett. I mean, the guy's like 28. Yeah. I mean, he's three years younger than Josh Allen. He's been in the league for five years. So actually, it's, it doesn't get arrested. Oh wait! So it's funny. So it's funny you say that um, because the first mock draft actually came out. Someone sent it to me. They have the Saints taking Hendon Hooker at twenty nine. I mean, which I'm not gonna lie. If this was in the second round, I actually wouldn't mind it. No, that's a good second round. I, I think it's a good opinion. second round. I if. If I had a perfect world right now, which I don't because I'm a Saints fan, like, and I know we're going to screw it up somehow, um, I would take one of three players that if we're at 29, I would take, I would take Jameer Gibbs. Um, I think he's a, I think he's a younger, cheaper Alvin Kamara. And it's seeing what he can do in our system. (laughs) I would love to see it. I'd love to see, I I would love to see Drew Sanders. Drew Sanders. Drew. Drew would be great. Um, he would have dominated it for us this year. The I, fact that we had Henry Tutu playing middle linebacker and not Drew Sanders. So the reason Drew left, though, is because of Dallas Turner. Dallas yeah. Turner was never given that spot back. Dallas Turner is probably going to be he, the number one pick or the number one defensive player taking in next year's draft. Like he was Here's that what good. kills me, though, is, is Drew played inside. Dallas was no, outside. Drew Drew played outside last year. He, that, and he, he got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt. He was outside. Nick actually he said. Got Okay. Yeah, Nick actually said that if he would have stayed, he would have probably moved Drew Sanders inside. Two inside. And that would have been great. That would have been fantastic. Yeah. Well, like, but Braswell and Dallas Turner next year are going to be fantastic. And then, um, but yeah, like, I think Drew would be great. Uh, I love to pair him with Demario Davis and Pete Warner uh, for the Saints. And then, honestly, if if it's possible and he falls, which there's actually a pretty good chance that he could. 
I, I wouldn't mind getting Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State if he falls. State, yeah, uh, because like, look, you pair him with um, you pair him with um, Chris Olave, and I I don't know who our quarterback's going to be, but I mean, I feel like that would be pretty decent. Um, can't be Dalton again. They can't run it with Dalton again. I look. You know what's crazy is that Andy Dalton actually finished in the top fifteen in QBR this year. Mm. I mean, that's, I mean, like, and here's the thing: no Michael Thomas injury. Test, so. yeah, I, look, yeah. it's not. It's not the eyeball test. I think, yeah. like, I think we overcompensated for in a bad NFC. But um, Gibbs, I wouldn't be mad at. It just depends what we do with Alvin. I would love Jackson Smith because I think we're actually going to trade Michael Thomas uh, and pair him with Chris Olave, and then, and then I wouldn't mind Drew Sanders because I think him coming off the edge with Cam Jordan getting older, uh, I think we're probably going to let Michael da- or Marcus Davenport walk. And then you pair him out. Like he could be, he could be this year's TJ Watt. Like TJ Watt wasn't a high, high draft pick. He got, I think he went like what, no, 26, 24, something like that. Yeah. No, he wasn't because yeah. I, I was ticked 20s. when they took, no, they took, they took TJ Watt. It was a high 20s, Ruben right? Foster. Yeah. Cause Ruben Foster went 31. Yeah. And they took Watt in the 20s because I was ticked that we took Watt and not Ruben Foster, of course. And look how that turned yeah. out. So you're that, happy. You I guess the best, that was a right move. A, you had the best outside mm-hmm. linebacker. And yeah. And, I mean, that once again, I've proven wrong my expert <laughs> draft knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Update it's 52 to 23 or 17 minutes left in the. Glad I took Bama spread. Half of the basketball game. Yeah. They, I knew they were going to come out strong today. They, they better. look. Um, yeah, they didn't. I, I figured they would. Like <laughs> I, I like saw all the quotes they had as far as their practices went and everything, and it looked like they were just on a mission. Like this yeah. practice, like I would rather them get. Bl- and yeah, it sucked watching them. We get needed blown to blow out. out, but it humbled them. I think like yeah. they're that's okay. Like well, it was like, like the perfect if, time. Not like non non conference game. Just random Big Twelve game on the road. Like okay, so what? We're still in first in the SEC. Like okay, fine. That's how I kind of like when, and like obviously no one likes a loss, but that's why I kind of like when Bama loses in the mid midway through the season, mm-hmm. a game they're not supposed to lose. Because what normally happens after that? Like I said, we've only had two undefeated Alabama teams, but normally what happens is that we lose a game mid season we're not supposed to. And we come back. I wish that game would have been LSU. I wish that game would have been LSU, not Tennessee, because I thought Tennessee we were the better team. Referees is. I like and I hate blaming referees, but you you have I blame in that game. You have 18 penalties, and I was like, and still overcoming it, and it's still coming down. I thought Bill Bryan's play calling in the last drive was atrocious. I know so I know a lot of people I know a lot of people with scapegoat Jameer Gibbs face and, that tells and, all you uh, know. Jameer Gibbs and uh and um and Will Riker. Who well, I blame Terry on Arnold. I remember seeing Jalen Hyatt running down the field. And I blame Pete Golding for putting him in that position. We the Thank moment you. the moment he Both went of off for right. three touchdowns, you put Kool Aid on him one on one, and it does not matter what side of the field he's on. You stay, put Kool Aid with or him. Ricks. You put Ricks and Ricks wasn't even in that game. And Ricks it blows started my the mind. next game. He did. I think he, he started the and, next. And game. I don't understand. And and this is that like that whole mentality scheme wise what i'm talking about with pruitt and and kirby and it's the same with pete when you have athletes who know how to play football you let them do their thing yeah and like and that's what marlon humphrey marlon humphrey was like hey you go follow number one or i'm trying to remember levi wallace or Uh or um even back in the day like i I know he was a boss but like d milner go go follow their number one he was great at bama 
He was fantastic. He was crap at Bama. in the NFL. He, he was. was great at Bama. He was, but he was great at Hero Ball. Like, do you know what? Yeah. Like Marcus Peters and it still has a job in the NFL. It's and, and, and same with and, and and actually Trayvon Diggs is the exact same way. Yeah, all or nothing. They play Hero Ball and 50-50, It pays off, but they they make up for it more than it than it burns them. Like that's like, why. Like Diggs led the league in interceptions last year, but also gave gave up the, up most, the most yards. yards. Yeah. But but he got them into the position where he won games for the Cowboys. Yes. So like Rick, I think Ricks is actually going to be a better pro than he is than he was a college player, and I wish he would have came back. But I'm just going to go ahead and let you know because this is everything I've heard. This secondary that is coming in for Alabama is going to be possibly the best secondary Nick Saban will will ever have. We have a guy who has a chance to be Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, we have a guy who could be Landon Collins. And we have a guy who can be the next Marlon Humphrey. And, and then you pair Needed. him with a guy, and then you pair him with a guy like Arnold or or Kool Aid or Kool Aid because I think mm-hmm. Kool Aid's going to be a first round pick next year. Oh yeah, and then mm-hmm. Ma- Malachi Moore's coming back, which a lot of mm-hmm. people forget he had a down year, but he's coming back. Like he's had a down like two years. He got hurt, so he had a great freshman, freshman year, year, didn't he? Then he got he hurt. Back injury or something? Uh, no, it was a sophomore year. He got ejected from A and M. First drive of the game that. gets ejected, and psychologically was never the same after that. Then he got hurt. And then he, and then Brian branch last year just came out of yeah. nowhere and didn't just like never gave a spot back. And the Malachi was playing special teams was trying to get his rhythm back and then just could never really get it. And then a guy that is going to make a huge splash next year is Earl little junior. That kid yes. is he's, he has a chance to kind of be like this quiet Levi Wallace, like, We'll never get the love and respect he deserves, but he's just going to go out and do his job. Like all focus is going to be on Kool Aid, and then he's going to be right there on the other side, shutting shutting it down. Yeah, we're gonna. I mean, I think scheme wise will be better too. I think the, the scheme last too. year was well, so flawed. So. Uh, they just kept doing that zero blitz with with two two, and he couldn't he couldn't fight off a blocker, so it would just eliminate him out of the play immediately. In the middle of the field, would be wide open, and. By them doing that, they would drop Will in coverage, or they'd have Will stunt in the inside and try to bull rush a 350-pound guard. Like, if you, if I ever see, and I don't know who our new defensive coordinator is, I'm still on the assumption it's going to be Pruitt. Everything I've heard yeah, is going to be Pruitt. Um, I, like, God, I, I hope so. I've heard everything. <laughs> I've heard Parker. Saban's going to bat for him. Uh, I've, yeah. I've been told that that is the plan. Todd Grantham is not going to be our DC. Like, I, like, I don't know where this <laughs> no, came from. Please. He's not going to be. He is he is he is literally break oh. in case of emergency, but he is not going to be our DC. Mm. Um, I've heard Charlie Strong, which I would actually mind that because if you know Charlie Strong, he is not a great head coach. But if you go back to the University of Florida days, they had the number one rush defense in SEC history under Charlie Strong. Yeah, like he they knows were solid how, back then. They they were fantastic back then. He's a good DC. He really is. Um, but I still think it's going to be Pruitt and scheme wise, he will make those judgment calls where it's like, if you get, there's no way he is going to let the same single person get burned for five touchdowns. Like that, that, that's not going to happen again. Like, I don't know what I was watching. Like it was Brian branch single covered on Hyatt all game. Pete is, was too scared to make an adjustment and undermine Nick Saban. When Nick Saban, like, what was great about Kirby and Jeremy Pruitt? They had no problem giving it back to Nick. 
like he was scared. Like same with Lane. Like Lane yeah. even calling offensive plays was actually not afraid to give it back to Saban. Whereas like, yeah, we would throw when we were up by 40, or we would call this play on a fourth and one, but at least like they had like the courage of their com- uh, like conviction to actually like stand by it. Pete just like sat there like terrified. And it looked like it the entire season. And you could just tell Texas, Ole Miss, LSU, Tennessee, we were down 10 nothing to Kansas State. And then it wasn't until Bryce, like, like I'm so like, I'm more glad about Pete Golding being gone than I am Bill O'Brien. Thank yeah. you, Cruz. I've so been saying it for, oh my gosh. I've been, I've, I've been telling Cameron this since he got hired. The reason why Golding stayed around so long was how good the 2020 team was. And it overshadowed so much of what the problems were. Cause that defense in 2020, it wasn't all world. It was, it was a above good average. De- it, was it was above, above average. average. It, it was, was a good average. defense. It wasn't great. No, but nobody was that, stopping Smitty that year. Exactly. Not that wasn't no. stopping. So uh, if we'd have had Waddle the whole season, it would have been even worse. Mac Jones would have won the Heisman. It wouldn't have been Smitty. Mac Jones yeah. would have actually won it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. No, that I mean you're right. I mean that 2020 it, defense was good, but like everyone forgets, they gave up I think 24 or 30 points a And M to Kellen Maud. They got torched by Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Um, 47 uh, to Florida. 47 to Florida. 48, um, whatever it was. Oh, God. What was it? What, what, who else? LSU actually ran all over them as well. And then they yeah. had those. And then, they, and then of course, like they had the. And then Georgia, like Stetson. That was like the Stetson Bennett game where it's like, who the hell is Stetson Bennett? He was dotting us up till our, we started taking over. Like, yeah. Till we hit like, Waddle on the 80 yarder. That yeah. That was, yeah. It. And then we just kind of like took over. And then like Stetson just started making walk on mistakes. But like, I think Pete was in way over his head getting this job. I never like. I don't know why he ever would have got this job. Um, what I, can't I believe wanted, he lasted four years. I you know I can't either. Uh, a part of me really wanted us to offer Mel Tucker the defensive coordinator job when he was at Colorado, and then he ends up going to Michigan State. Yeah. And now the like reports Mel coming Tucker. out where if like and I and I'm like and you guys know this. I'm a huge Mel Tucker guy. Uh, got a chance to interview him, got a chance to like be under him for a little bit. Like when he was at Bama, like if he, if Michigan state lets him go, I want him as a DC. Mel Tucker is fantastic. Like a lot of people don't know this. Mel Tucker made Marlon Humphrey and Mika Fitzpatrick, like made those guys. So, um, I'd agree with that. Pete, Pete was in way over his head. I think Saban, I, I just, and like, and obviously Nick Saban knows, more about football than all of us combined. Mm-hmm. But I think he made a bad call <laughs> on Bill O'Brien. I do. I think Bill yeah. O'Brien is the product of Tom Brady. That, that is an, it. He's an NFL coach. Yeah, he's gotten more gigs because of Tom Brady, and he's and he's dumpster-fired every one of them. But you know what? I actually think his scheme for Mac Jones will actually work in the NFL. But that's actually I an improvement I do. for Mac Jones. I Well, I, I, think Bill, I think Bill O'Brien's scheme works great for yeah. – for the NFL. Like I, I do. Yeah. And I'm actually excited for Mac. Like I'm not saying like Bill O'Brien's a bum, but like in college, his scheme just didn't work. The check at the lines, running the play clock down to four seconds, especially God. on the road. Um, the God. curl, the, the option routes for wide receivers, not utilizing a tight end, not utilizing a running backs and letting Bryce basically just kind of play Madden back there. Yeah. Just kind of doing like, thank you, Seth. This yeah. is Seth's yeah. point. Yes. I'm one, four, six, Schemes never Please. again. No, never again. <laughs> it was awful. I I felt like Bryce was 
like checking down at the line of scrimmage on every single play. Yes. Thank so you. Annoying. That's Bill. And that was it, Bill. Thank Skeen. you. Crazy. Thank you, Cameron. But my thing is, Ian Cruz, I'm interested to hear your opinion on this, but I'm more concerned about the quarterback situation for next season. Um, more so than the defense or the offensive or defensive coordinator. Um, I don't know if Jalen Milrose the answer. I don't know if it's the recruit coming in or Ty Simpson's the guy. But um, well, so there's two things that go into it, and and I really think we can't start looking at the quarterback position until we know our coordinator is going to be. Um, that's that's going to be that's going to be the big big thing. So, um. I know, like, if we if we would have, for example, today, like, if we would end up signing the Washington guy, Ty would have been the starter. Ty, I think Ty is the best quarterback we have. I, I think Jalen is a fantastic athlete. Uh, I he's hope he stays, though. but he's not a quarterback. I watched him yeah. at AM. And if you even go back and watch that Arkansas game, the only reason we won that game is one, broke off a huge 70 yard run. And then Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs ripped off two like yard like runs over sixty-five yards. See, mm-hmm. I, I thought Gibbs was horribly underutilized this year. Oh, he was. Like, Don't even get me started. Like he was he should the have most... had 20, 25 touches every he game. Have, he should have had a thousand, a thousand, and even shouldn't have been yes. close. And I love Jace. And I think Jace is actually gonna actually I think Jace is gonna be all SEC this year because I think Jace is, is arguably the most underrated running back in the SEC. And he Jace, the last couple of years, has just had guys who have just been better than him yeah, and, and have been him. more utilized, but he is going to go off this year. I'm very confident in saying that. And then with Ty, Ty is what Blake, we thought Blake Barnett was going to be. Like That is what Ty is. Ty is a dual-threat guy who can run the RPO to perfection, has dead point laser accuracy, and runs about a 4-4 or 4-5 like around there. And I'm not asking my quarterback to run off for 100 yards a game like Jalen used to do, no. but he can get out of the thrower. pocket. Yes, and he can throw. Jalen, as great as an athlete as he is, and he has a cannon, I just don't think he can just and, – and the A&M game showed this, and it, it drove me insane. We should have blown out A&M by 40 or yeah. 35 at the worst yeah. before turnovers later causes that and that's why it came down to the last play of the game in fact like i don't feel like our defense gets enough credit for that game um yeah. as, as as terrible a position we put in if you give me and at this point now i don't know who our oc is going to be um i don't think it's going to be dan mullen no, i, I so. want cliff like and, and that's I what i want thank you and, and then like I, I, know this, your post I know earlier about i know that, that and i know and i know that's unrealistic but i want i want cliff kingsbury um Call to thailand Cliff, Cliff is, and I know, like people are like, oh, that's a terrible. Like he couldn't win with Patrick Mahomes, or he couldn't win with uh, Kyler Murray. He couldn't do I don't like care. all this. I'm not asking him to coach. run it. I'm not asking him to run on the team. I'm asking no. him to call offensive plays. If you don't believe me that he's a good offensive coordinator, I want you to go back and I want you to look at 2012 Texas A&M and yeah. look and look at his game plan against Alabama when they had legit. Le- like legit defense like CJ Mosley and Lana Collins and Mark Barron and Robert Lester. And that was the Manziel game, right? That was the Manziel game. Damn. And that wasn't, even, that wasn't even the Mike Evans game either. That was Ryan Swope, yeah. a walk-on. The Mike who, Evans game was the next year. Yes. Who lit us up. I mean, I'm talking Four. about like the game plan he had. We were down 20 to nothing in the first quarter. Like he called a perfect, he scripted yeah. a perfect game plan the and dude came back. got and Ryan Tannehill drafted. He got, he got Patrick Mahomes. Like 
to to the point like most Texas Tech quarterbacks never make it, and he never. got him notice. Kyler, and think Mur- about this, Cruz. Yes. How many Texas Tech quarterbacks threw for like six thousand yards and All couldn't them. play in the NFL? All of them. Graham Harrell, including Kingsbury himself. Yeah, Cliff. I mean, Cliff himself. Baker Mayfield. Graham like, Harrell. Baker. He got Baker Mayfield to Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, and, and so. I, I think his scheme in today's like his offense at Arizona that he ran in the NFL, yeah, it probably doesn't work for the NFL because one, I think Kyler Murray needs a booster seat when he's he drives and bag. can't see over his offensive lineman. Yeah. And plus he's and, a dick. Yeah, that too. And he's and he's too <laughs> obsessed with his kill with his uh kill to death ratio in Call of Duty. And yeah. so and you and he has all he has Just all like weapons me. in the world. He has all <laughs> weapons in the world. If someone would actually tell Kyler Murray his touchdown to interception ratio was the same as his kill yeah. or his kill to death ratio, he'd oh, probably geez. throw for fifty touchdowns. But he's not. Dude, and they so had to put a clause in his contract to say you can't play video games. I, I know. And so <laughs> yes, Cliff, study time. Cliff wouldn't have to worry about that at Bama. Like, no. like Nick Saban has that. Like these guys don't go to college to play video games. They go to college to win national championships and go to the NFL. To get paid now. Yes. Like, and and look. What did I say at work the other day, Parker? I was like, give me Kingsbury. And then you I, posted something on Twitter, Cruz, where you were like, put me on the first flight to Taiwan. I'll go get him. I'll, I'll go get him right him home. I, I mean, and I was I'll like, prob- I was going to tweet you. I'll drive you to the airport, dude. I'll give you I'll, a ride to the airport. I'll probably spend a couple days in Thailand. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do, but like, and then I'll come back with them though. How about that? So as long as you come back with Cliff, I don't care yeah. what you do over there. So I, from what I was told today, like I know that we're interv- interviewing a few people and I've heard, and the name that's going to be flying around the next couple of days is going to be Joe Brady. Um, I don't know if Joe is interested in coming here. A lot of people need to remember that Joe Brady was not the offensive coordinator at LSU when he Inzminger. was there. He was the he was the passing game coordinator. Yeah, uh, who Insminger was who was calling all the plays. Exactly. And a lot of people forget that. Yeah. And that's that's my warning to people is that like look like I know Joe Brady is a sexy name because you like you you hear Joe Brady you think 2019 LSU. All he did was just take Sean Payton's like passing scheme that he learned under him and brought yeah. it to a guy who could actually implement it. My worry is Boy, did is he that, ever too? Yeah, yeah he did. But like, but yeah, but he had the perfect system to run it. Joe then went to the NFL and got fired after his first year in Carolina. That's yeah. like that's my concern. And I know he's been you know working and doing his thing lately. I like this this offensive coordinator job is going to be the most scrutinized job. Like def- like defensively, I think we'll be fine. I think like I trust Saban enough to hire a good DC. I'm cons- yeah. I am concerned about our OC because we have gone from very we have gone from Lane to Dabble to the Sark to to Bill. And so like and and there was a recruit and I'm not going to name him. He's a five-star. He's from Mobile. Uh, I've had the pleasure of talking to him. He he said he would have had serious commitment issues coming to Alabama if Bill O'Brien was still the offensive coordinator. Understandable. I completely a lot understand that. that. Yeah. Any and like any any fire Bill O'Brien into the tweets or uh, into the Sun tweets I ever did, he'd be the first as an Alabama recruit would literally like and retweet them. So that should tell you what the recruits thought of Bill O'Brien as well. He is not a college guy. No, he's, he's not. A, he's an NFL. Asshole. He was at Penn State <laughs> for two years. Which he wasn't like, even good at Penn State. He wasn't even great at Penn State. Like, he had the number he one. Dumpster he had the, fired the Texans. They still hadn't recovered from his tenure. 
you know, as, as Jeff said, Ryan's set the franchise back Ryan's. 20 years. You know, Christian right, Hackenberger, but, who was the number one quarterback in high school, probably like one of the highest graded yes. ever, blames yes. his ment- blames his mental health at Penn State to Bill Bryan as why he never worked out in the NFL. Now, granted, I can't say if he would have been a great NFL quarterback. Probably has something to do with him getting drafted to the Jets. But if if he's going out of his way to blame Bill O'Brien yeah. instead of the New York Jets, that should tell you something. I couldn't. I, I was surprised Saban made that hire. You know, when when he hired him, it was down to him and Adam Gase. I think the old. Jets I would have. I would have rather taken Gase. And but Gates, but Gase worked at, worked for him at LSU. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, Gase has college. Like is a college guy, and O'Brien isn't. I think he wanted more of a QB guy because he's worked with Brady and he worked with Deshaun Watson. And I think those guys were so talented already that he couldn't yeah. fail. And Bryce was like that too. Yeah. But it just kind of, it I, just, I it kind of reared his ugly head. If Sark would have had Bryce for two years, oh my God. I, I, I mean, God. We, we would be putting up 50 <laughs> a game. Could you imagine Steve Sarkeesian hey. with Bryce Young, Jameer Gibbs, yeah. Jamison Williams, John Mechie, and, and and oh my and oh my God, get out of here with that! Like even this year with the yeah. with the wide with the lack of wide receivers, what he would have done with Isaiah Bond, Kobe Prentice, and Jermaine Burton would have been disgusting. Watch out, and, and Kendrick Law, like unbelievable. It would have it would have competed with the it would have competed yeah, yeah. Sark, Sark it would have competed with the 2020 season with best offense if it, if he had had what in 21. With Bryce, and Bryce put greatest... up like, what forty five hundred yards and forty five touchdowns. Oh like, yeah, I, I, they... I thought Sark's greatest strength was matchups. Yes, he, same with Lane. That's what that does. Like, that's you what they do now. Saw mismatch. I mean, Devonte Smith was open every single play that year. Was it because yeah. he was the sharpest route runner and the fastest guy on the field? No, he was schemed perfectly. I mean, the Ohio State game, they ran one play. The middle linebacker was covering him. And he just ran right by him for a touchdown. Ball over his head, touchdown, easy. Hey, I'm taking hey, candy from a baby. Hey, he's a he's a New Orleans Saint now. Okay, like be nice to him. <laughs> oh, Borland, wasn't that what his name was? No, nah, it, it, War- it was Warner. Whoever it was twisted yeah. Najee's ankle on the goal line. Oh, that was that was Borland. Warner was Borland. the guy that got matched up on him, which was not. Yeah, Borland was, was the one because he was running as hard as he could. Bless his heart. He was, <laughs> which is crazy because he was like just jogging past him. Which is crazy because now he's probably like one of the best young linebackers in the yeah. game, and he just now, like anybody yeah. would love him as a linebacker. But but yeah. Sark's schemes were that play where Smitty would go in motion and then immediately cut back, yeah. and they would just dump it to him, and he would walk in. I mean, it I was mean, so see, Sarkeesian got Slade Bolden touchdowns. I mean, like that should tell you something. I mean, Slade, Slade, Slade Bolden thought he could leave early and get into the draft because of Sarkeesian. And then he goes undrafted Did and he, never heard from him again. He's on the Ravens. I think he's Ravens right? practice squad. Practice yeah. squad. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. nothing now because the season's over, but yeah. 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 Okay. So. Well, well, look, guys, I've had a blast. I have to go to socials for the New Orleans Pelicans game uh, for, <laughs> for Barstool. So I get to watch us lose to the Denver Nuggets. But um, okay, I, when is Zion going to be back? Uh, he is getting reevaluated. He okay. is he's he's right now. So earliest would probably be end of next week, but most realistic with it about the All Star break coming back, I, it'll probably be after the All Star break. So, gotcha. um, but I wanted to say thank you guys for having me yes, on the show. Appreciate my rants. Uh, this was really Dude, fun. Cruz, this was great, man. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to come on with a bunch of strangers you never met. Like. Oh. 
I, I've never met, Jones, a never met a stream. Never met a stream. What'd you say? Is Herb Jones still with the Pelicans? Yeah, Herb Jones is great. Yeah, baby. yeah, yeah. Herb, yeah. Baby. I mean, Kyra Lewis, Kyra Lewis is getting really good minutes with us. Uh, the Birmingham. He's just now coming back from his injury, right? Yeah, and he played a fantastic game. Um, Love his last Kyra game, Lewis. dude is flying. I can't wait. I think we're gonna start incorporating a more, um, in our lineups, especially with like Zion and Brandon Ingram and in, in, in the in the uh, fast break, but. Um, I've I've seen a couple of mock drafts as well with us drafting Brandon Miller, which I mean I'm okay with that as a Bama guy. Are y'all so, picking but, second? Uh, we uh, probably third is where he's gonna go because the two European players that one Euro just, guy is going number one. Vic, yeah, Victor. Um, he's Kababala, whatever his name he's, is. He's Giannis 2.0. Yeah, he, he's, he's like, like a LeBron, like, seven foot LeBron. He's like a mix between Giannis and and, and KD. He just he he can't miss. Like he's a can't yeah. miss guy. He, he gets in yeah. an NBA weight room. He's fine. And then there's another guy. I can't exactly remember his name, but he's a G League guy already. But Brandon's gonna come in. and He's probably gonna go number three. Um, unless an injury happens, but if he lands in New Orleans, like look out, like that be seems going to be incredible. Um, on TV more, absolutely. But you guys have a great rest of your show. I'm gonna head out. Um, follow Thanks, me Cruz. on Twitter at, at yeah. Cruz Ox right here, uh, the real Cruz Ox, and uh, we will invite me back anytime. I'd love to come back on. Dude, thanks, Cruz, man. Roll Tide, buddy. Thanks, Roll Tide, Cruz. Thanks, man. Roll tide. <laughs> So we like to thank Cruz Oxenrider for coming on and just doing what we do, just rant and talk and and Homer and all that stuff. That's what we do. So, man, uh, I had a great time tonight. It, it sucks reliving crappy memories, bad sports memories. It really is a bummer, but laughing about them now. Had to get it off our chest, man. Laughing about them now. This is like uh, couch therapy, you know, uh, getting getting out of our system, talking about it, whatever, whatever. Uh, a good friend of mine texted me earlier and said his worst sports memory was the 2011 LSU game. He was in high school in Baton Rouge. So he wasn't really a sports fan, but all his classmates were just like devastated by that 21 zip game. And, uh, and he said he remembers all of his classmates just being completely devastated by it. Um, he was upset by it, but not so much because he wasn't a like diehard, you know, fan like, like we are. Where he would do a you know three hour podcast just ranting about LSU, but uh, he said that was his worst memory, his worst sports memory from kind of a, a 50-50 sports fan. Happens to live in Baton Rouge, but isn't really into sports. Didn't really like isn't a diehard fan, but he said he remembers being in high school that day and that next day everybody in this high school in his class just being like like it was the end of the world. And I was like, I was actually in a really good mood. I said, I remember the next day after that game, I was in a fine mood. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, I've had a good time reliving some of these bad memories with you guys. Um, uh, obviously, we thank Cruz for coming on. Um, that was and, good. That was real and, good. Uh, just giving us, just giving us sports takes, and that's what we do here. We're just five bams giving sports takes. So uh, the basketball team is looking rather nice. Cam, what's the score you got? 8534. <laughs> yeah, that's a total blow. Oh, oh. Ooh. Yeah, it's not pretty, but well, we needed a game like this after that. Let's yeah. get a How much We're time? We're shooting near like 50% from three uh, seven minutes. We're gonna get a hundred. What'd you say, Cam? We were shooting 
Yeah, yeah, like earlier I saw it was like we were 13 of 26 from three. Like, so we're, we're, we're having a good game. We were dog barf in Oklahoma from three. So uh, apparently three shots a funny, funny thing. Namari? shots a funny thing. Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, had, like, Burnett's hit every yeah. single one of his shots tonight. Gosh. Yeah. That's, that's good to hear. I saw Burnett at eight points earlier. So, I mean, that's. Oh, he's in double digits now. Yeah, that's a good yeah, sign. He's 14. Take a look. Oh, I'll take that. 31 for 50 from the field, 16 for 32 from three. So nice. Shooting Guys, a lot better. Noah Gurley finally made a three. And however long it was, he took two shots <laughs> of three point today. Gurley he was not the guy. It was Noah Clowney. You're thinking of Noah Clowney part. Well, guess what? He made two tonight. That's a big because Clowney That's had big. missed like 25 in a row yeah. before he hit before if he hit any tonight. I get the two so. no's confused. That's easy. One, one of them needs to change to something else. I don't know. Well, you guys, any, anything else to add before we before we wrap it up? I feel like we only scratched the surface of our worst memories, but well, we can. We'll, we'll we dive can deeper into that. We'll dive <laughs> deeper into this. I'm not going anywhere. Well, well I heard like. Pain. Camps like top three. So I want to hear we'll really rest. dive deep into this. <laughs> well, so, so I would just like to close with last week. Um, I had the opportunity to go to the Mississippi State game in Tuscaloosa with my wife. Um, we had a really good time. And I would just like to say it's so awesome to be able to go and get a beer in Coleman Coliseum. And I'm looking forward to college football season and being able to go get a beer in Bryant in the stadium. Um, something I never thought I'd see, but here we are. So I, the game was great, and it was nice to be able to have a cold one while I was watching. Glorious. Amen. That's always good. And and we won, although barely, but we still won. But that's not the case tonight. So, so well, everyone, thanks again. Those that commented in the chat all night, those that tuned in uh, on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitch, and thank you all so much for, for giving us a couple hours of your night uh, just to relive these, I say good memories, but they're bad memories, but we can we can talk about them in a better state now, even though they still bring up some old feelings. Um, but th this has been fun. We can do another show on this because I've got several bad memories that I can go over. Uh, just not even talking about ones from back in the day. I'm talking about recent ones I can go over. So we had a really good time. Uh, Murph, Cameron, Fonzie, Parker, like, appreciate it again. You guys were awesome tonight. Uh, it's good drudging up these old memories. The show of our good, our best memories will be pretty fun, too. Um, Can we end so with, like, we'll, a to be continued like, yeah. stream? Like See, Murph, you'll be able to appreciate this. Uh, Cruz told a story earlier about how he bought that plane ticket. Yeah. Um, and, you know, of course, it didn't come to fruition. Well, I did the same thing in the 97 – or 2000, I think it was 2000 Stanley Cup Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, the Flyers went up on the Devils three games to one, and I bought a plane ticket to Philly and was going to, and you know, the plan was to fly up to Philly and watch the Stanley Cup Finals with all my Flyers family up here. And then we lost three games in a row, and I still had the plane ticket, so I had to fly up there anyway. And then we sat around watching the Devils win the Stanley Cup that year. After they yeah. they came back from three to one to beat us in the conference finals, and I spent mm -hmm. up hundred bucks on a ticket, and you know didn't even get to see them in the finals. 
I was going to throw in my Panthers memory of watching us lose to the Tampa Bay Lightning with three seconds left on the clock. They slide in <laughs> and literally killed all our momentum. The one time, the one season that the Panthers were relevant. <laughs> and then we go in 96 and thought that was a good idea. Probably when you were zero years old, but they had 96. No, it was, it was two, one year ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you guys got. Just yeah. obliterated that series. Like we're bre- we were breaking all the, the records, so. you know. We are the underdog. Yeah. <laughs> yep. no. Well, enjoy it, fellas. This was a great show. Hopefully, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, we'll have hopefully I'll have two more Bama wins to talk about in basketball because they're going to win tonight, and then I'll be at the game Saturday versus LSU in Baton Rouge. So hopefully, we'll uh, pull one out Saturday, and we'll come in next week off two off two wins and 20 wins on the season. So if anybody else got nothing else, we're going to sign off for the night. Till next time, roll tide. Roll tide. Roll tide.